podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And folks, the deadline has passed, transfer window is over, and Liverpool will move on to the end of this season without the ownership of Fabio Carvalho, but with, most importantly, with Luis Diaz in the squad. That one was obviously done over the weekend and we're all hugely excited about it. Little bit disappointing not to get the Carvalho deal across the line. Fee got agreed quite late. Medical was done. Personal terms were done with the player. I think it's probably come down to finding the right payment structure with Fulham and then agreeing for the loan back. That's caused it to fall apart at the last minute. But look, we are in prime position now to sign him for the summer. So we can still agree a deal now, today, if we want, on the same terms, for the same amount, to buy him in the summer. His contract is up, but because he's age under 23, Fulham will still own his economic rights, so we will have to purchase them from him. If he goes abroad, Fulham will get a much smaller compensation fee than they would from us. So again, it's in their interest that he comes to us and nobody else. And considering he did agree to personal terms, he did have a medical, you would assume we are his first choice as well. You would assume that he wants to join Liverpool rather than go elsewhere. If he wanted to go elsewhere, he could have signed a contract with Dortmund or whoever else any time in the last month. He could have negotiated from January 1st with a club abroad. He hasn't done that. He's only spoken to us. He's agreed to join us. So for me, I think we're likely in prime position to sign him for the summer. And it would be nice if we could get that deal done and dusted now. If we can agree a fee, and I'm sure Fulham would take whatever fee it was that we agreed this time around. I believe it was around £8 million. If Fulham are willing to take that, then have at it. Avoid going to the tribunal, which will probably save us money if we go to the tribunal, but it is a one-time lump sum, and it's also 18 months of waiting around and wondering what that fee is going to be. You remember how long it took for them to sort out the Harvey Elliott fee. It took the better part of two years. Going out the door in this transfer window, Nat Phillips on loan to Bournemouth. Um, the much-hyped Premier League interest by you know the likes of James Pearce and, and others just didn't 
didn't materialise at all. Uh, the only two other offers we had, Leicester wanted them basically as an emergency loan because they've got so many central defenders out injured and they wanted him on loan, but they were never going to keep him. And Watford offered a loan with an option to buy if they stayed up, which they're probably not likely to do. So Newcastle never showed real interest. Burnley never showed real interest. Because if Newcastle had wanted him, you would have imagined they'd have bought him instead of Dan Byrne. He probably would have been a little bit cheaper. He's about five years younger. He's more of a natural centre-back, whereas Dan Byrne has minimal Premier League experience playing centre-back in a back four. You'd have imagined that Nat would have made more sense for them if they were interested. Uh, Burnley weren't linked with any centre-backs in this window, so I have great doubts that that interest was real. Uh, it only came from our side. It came from the local Liverpool Patch journalists as did talk of Newcastle, as did talk of West Ham. None of this came from those clubs' journalists. So I think it's fair to say that Nat's price or Nat's value is nowhere near as high as some people would have you believe. Now, Dan Kennett will have you believe he's the most valuable centre-back in the world, but a father's love is a father's love. And, and Dan gets caught up in the excitement of his boy playing professional football. So we'll, we'll allow Dan that. We'll allow him that and we'll move forward. But Dan has done his son a disservice now. Sending him to Bournemouth on loan to play under Scotty Twocoats. Bournemouth kind of have to come up now because they've just gone absolutely buck wild in this transfer window. Uh, they may have had the biggest transfer window of anybody. Not in terms of money spent obviously but certainly in terms of the amount of players they've brought in and they've brought in half a team in this window Ethan Laird brought in from Manchester United super talented young fullback Nat Phillips Freddie Woodman from Newcastle United that's a really odd one because Mark Travers has probably been their player of the season uh Todd Cantwell who's more than good enough to play in the Premier League. He's in on loan. And then they signed James Hill from Fleetwood Town, Sariki Dembele from Peterborough, and Kiefer Moore from Cardiff. They did five deals yesterday. They really have gone all in on securing immediate promotion back to the Premier League. But you can tell why they've done this. If you look at their results, up until the end of October, they were flying. They hadn't lost in the league. They'd won 10 and drawn 5. And since then, they've lost 5, drawn 3 and won 5. So they have fallen off quite a bit. And they've allowed a little bit of a gap to develop between themselves and Fulham. They were going neck and neck for a while. In fact, Bournemouth were top for quite a while. But Fulham have overtaken them and pulled away with a six-point gap. Bournemouth currently sit third. One point behind Blackburn, but with a game in hand. Now, QPR are also in that mix. They're a further point behind Bournemouth, but same amount of games played. Then you're back to West Brom, Middlesbrough, and it does continue in a bunch after that. So, it's going to be... Top end of the table games for Nat. High pressure games. Games where every mistake matters. 
where you have to be as close to perfect as possible. Now the big question is, is Nat Phillips going to play regularly? And I have doubts, because if we look at Bournemouth's players as are are right now, Zamora is their left-back. Cahill and Lloyd Kelly tend to be the centre-backs. And Jack Stacey is the right-back. He's not going to drop Lloyd Kelly for Nat. Is he going to drop Gary Cahill, who's kind of that experienced vocal leader at the back? I don't really see that one. They've got young um, Leif Davies. He's an unloan. They've got Chris Metham there, an experienced centre-back that they paid quite a bit of money for. I'm not really sure Nat is even going to be a starter for Bournemouth. It'll be interesting to see how many games he plays between now and the end of the season. They've played 28. It's a 46-game season, so there's 18 games left. I mean, ideally, we'd want to see Nat starting 14 of those games, really. You know, a couple of weeks to bed in, get in the team, and then go from there. I think anything less than that, this loan might need to be seen as a failure. They've paid, not not from Nat's point of view, but from Bournemouth's, because they've paid like a chunky lo- uh, loan fee for a championship club. They're covering his wages, and there's a bonus in there if they come up into the Premier League. And I'd imagine if they came up and he had played a big part, they would probably look to buy him and keep that continuity. We've seen other clubs do that. Aston Villa did it the year they came up. They bought Mings and Courtney Hawes and other players, Anwar Al-Ghazi, lads that have brought them up into the division. It didn't matter whether they were good enough or not. They just did it to keep them around. Wolves did the same some years back. And we saw teams do it this past season when they came up from the championship. You know, it is just something that teams will look to do. Keep the, the group that brings them up. Hope to add more quality, but hope that continuity and that team spirit and that celebration of having achieved something great can spur them on to a strong first half of the season, which can be enough to keep you in the division, even if in the back half, teams start to figure you out and you start to drop more points like we saw with Leeds last season, Sheffield United in their first season, remember they ended up finishing ninth, but they had been fifth at one point and looking like a team that could get Champions League until everybody started to figure out the little quirks and intricacies in their system. Nico Williams has gone on loan to Fulham and that's a little bit of an annoyance because obviously the Carvalho deal didn't get done, but Nico wanted to go. He wanted to go and play. And with Fulham being top of the championship, it's a really good place for him to go. You have to feel like that's a very good move for him. Uh, they've let Dennis Adoy go um, after five and a half years or so at the club. And that's probably a good move for them because they know he can't play in the Premier League. He is a fine championship player. just can't play in this division, in the, in the top division. So what's the point in having him? If he can't play. Uh, now in terms of. Their fullback situation. They do have Kenny Tete. Who's their starting right back. And you would have to say he is better. Than Nico. As a Dutch international. And a player who's played at the very highest level. And was, was quite good in the Premier League last season. 
Adoy was the other right back. He's gone. So one in, one out. It may be that Nico shares time with Kenny Tete. Tete has had some injury problems, which is part of the reason Adoy was playing at all this season. But there's a strong defence there for Nico to go into. Anthony Robinson, the left back, is very good. Tosin at centre back is probably the best in the division. Uh, in fact, I don't think there's a probably in it. He is the best in the division. Tim Ream plays, he's not very good. Michael Hector plays, he's not very good. But, you know, they've they've got the makings of a good defence. And Nico can go there and, and learn. And I think he'll enjoy it as well. I think he'll enjoy playing regularly. Again, high pressure games at the top of the championship. Winning promotion could be a huge thing for Nico to experience at this point in his career. And there's some very, very good players in that squad. So he is joining a group of players that can play. He's not going to a club where maybe his level gets dragged down. There's going to be better players at Fulham than Nico. So he'll be able to continue to learn and develop. He'll be going up against Fabio Carvalho on a daily basis. And maybe he can continue to sell him on the Liverpool dream. He will know Harry Wilson from both his time at Liverpool and playing with him for the Welsh international team. So he's walking into at least one familiar face and that will be, you know, it will make the transition easier for Nico. Uh, let's move around the main Liverpool sites today. Uh, no deal. Liverpool's Fabio Carvalho transfer collapses but could still happen is the headline story on This Is Anfield. They've also got a piece about Nat. I do wonder why we rejected that Watford offer. Or why we didn't go back to Watford when we decided we were okay with accepting a loan. Because it would have made more sense to get him a Premier League loan. And he would definitely start at Watford. Watford have the worst central defenders in the league. So he definitely would have started there. Um, It's probably... It's one of the only clubs in the Premier League he'd be guaranteed to start. But he would be guaranteed to start. Nat Phillips' move expected to be revisited by Premier League club in the summer. Uh, Which club is this then? Burnley. Well, I'm just going to say I have my doubts. Because Ian Doyle is the only person who's reporting on this. Yes, they will lose Tarkovsky. They have targets that they're actually interested in. Joe Worrell and Scott McKenna of Nottingham Forest. Long-term targets. Dickie of QPR. Long-term target. Nat Phillips has only ever been linked to them by our journalists. Who have put two and two together and thought agricultural centre-back. Deep block Burnley. Let's make a marriage. But Burnley centre-backs, if you actually watch them play... They're asked to do quite a bit more than what Nat is really comfortable with. Uh, Liverpool FC squad and shirt numbers after the January transfer. It's just an update on the squad. Liverpool 3-0 set to stay after failing to land deadline day moves. So as I said yesterday, Tacky seemed to want to stay. We didn't get any offers for Divock. And Loris Karius just couldn't agree on a deal. So he'll stick around till the end of the season. And then he will leave on a free. Um, so Allison is 1. Adrian is 13. Karius is 22. Kelleher is 62. 
and Pitaluga is 97. I can't tell you how much it winds me up to see players. Even with Trent wearing 66, it winds me up. There's absolutely no reason for it. Uh, Virgil is 4. Ibu is 5. Joe is 12. Costas is 21. Robbo's 26. Matip is 32. Reese Williams is 46. And Trent is 66. Fabinho is 3. Thiago is 6. Milner is 7. Keita is 8. Henderson is 14. Oxley chamberlain is 15. Jones is 17. And Elliot is 67. And then in attack, Firmino is 9. Mane is 10. Salah is 11. Minamino is 18. Jota is 20. Diaz is 23. And Divock is 27. It'll be interesting to see who gets left out of the Premier League squad. I would guess probably Karius is the one who gets left out uh, to create that spot for Luis Diaz to step into. Uh, Liverpool can repeat Luis Diaz hijack with new FSG move to leave Spurs incandescent, says Liverpool.com. Liverpool got the better of Spurs to complete the January transfer of Luis Diaz. Now they could seize on some further Spurs woes to secure another deal. Oh, this is Ollie Tanner, the youngster from Lewis, who was due to go to Spurs. And then things got really weird. <laughs> Arsenal fans found old tweets of his that disparaged Spurs and showed him to be an Arsenal fan. And from there, Spurs fans got all upset, started giving the kid a bit of abuse, and uh, he decided not to sign for them. But if he is that good that Spurs were willing to sign him, now the excuse was that he wasn't going to be put into the first team straight away, but that seems like nonsense. He's moving from Lewis. So I don't think he's going to be demanding a first team spot straight away. But... If he's that good that Spurs are willing to sign him as a, you know, potential first team player, and we know we do fast track players, then maybe we'll take a look at him. But it wouldn't leave Spurs incandescent if a fit fella from Lewis uh, went a different way. Liverpool have left Julian Ward one crucial transfer objective after 49 million Luis Diaz deal. Why is it that when we do deals, all the add-ons are added on before they're even paid out? Luis Diaz cost £37.5 million. Liverpool have wrapped up the signing of Diaz, who was on their list for the summer. The other big priority is now clear. And what do they believe the other big priority to be? Um, sales, by the looks of things? No. We'll just move on from that one. You know what, I can't really be bothered to go through all these. Go to liverpool.com and read through the different things. There's a few de decent things here. Um, there is a few decent things here. Four things learned in Liverpool transfer window as James Milner role emerges and FSG proven right. I don't know if liverpool.com are trying to get FSG to buy the website, but it it's quite miraculous how they word things. Um, Daniel Levy Fume and Fabio Cavallo Hope are proof of successful Liverpool 
and FSG transfer window. FSG face 254 million dilemma as transfer deadline after transfer deadline day as eight major Liverpool decisions loom. So this one is actually worth the while having a look at. So look, Milner's leaving. There's no decision to make there. Let him leave. Divock is the same. No decision to make. Let him leave. Then you've got the front three. Bobby, Sadio and Mo. They've all got, well, 17 months left on their contracts now. My belief is that Salah will get his big deal. That Firmino gets maybe a two-year extension at a reduced figure and that Sadio is sold. That's what I think will happen. And then, of course, there is Naby Keita and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I think Naby's the better player. I don't think that's really in question. But what I would say is Ox is more versatile, might be worth keeping Ox. Naby has more value and maybe you can find a deal where Naby goes to Monaco for Chouameni. Maybe something like that could be worked out. Uh, Liverpool have clear stances. February talks scheduled for 55 million double summer transfer. So this is Eschrinier and Dybala, two players we definitely won't be signing. Um, Liverpool transfer for Fabio Carvalho will be incredible value and 55 million duo prove it. Uh, this again is rather weird. It's not really proving anything at all. Um, Tom Kearney and John Michel Seri. So the, the, the idea of this is basically Carvalho's been so good that Marco Silva has been forced to pick either Kearney or Jean-Michel Seri. Uh, according to this, Tom Kearney was once linked with a £30 million move to Arsenal. I don't remember that. I also don't remember West Ham having a £20 million bid turned down from, for him. I, I know he's not good enough to play in the Premier League. Uh, and Jean-Michel Seri cost £25 million, is a much better player than Tom Kearney, and it's obvious that he would get picked ahead of him. So I don't really see the purpose of that piece. Uh, Luis Diaz, the lowdown, is the latest piece up on AnfieldIndex.com. Stephen Smith with a cracker there. Make sure you give that one a read. And give Stephen a follow on social media. The man is a machine. We thought we were going to have a whole new day of podcast for you today. We really did. Because we thought the Carvalho deal would get done. We were lining stuff up to go hell for leather today. And then obviously it didn't happen. Uh, we might still get a couple out. There will be a new AI scouted recorded today. By the time you hear this, it's probably already out. Uh, but there is the new main podcast. Episode 312 of the Anfield Index podcast. Entitled Extendable Holes. And it's Trev, Cam and Lisa Marie. So give that one a listen. And there's loads of stuff on AI Pro. Absolutely loads of it. The new Positivity podcast, Scouser Tommies. There's a couple of Scouteds on there. There's a couple of Media Matters on there. There's an old school. It's There's plenty and plenty of content for you from this past weekend. So do check that out. 
And that is it then. That is me for today, folks. I will see you tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.